Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, I thank you for your presence here with us this morning. I thank you for um, bringing your people together to, to worship you and to, to hear from your word and to practice serving one another and fellowshipping with one another and, and just making Jesus known in all that we do. I pray that that's what happens. I pray that your spirit is at work uh, over the next few minutes and in all that we do. To, uh, to speak to each one of us as we need to be spoken to, that you uh, have us hear what you have for us, uh, God, and that you just transform us continually into Christ-likeness, that we'd be more like you and that we'd make the real Jesus known here in our city. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, we are uh, continuing a, a kind of a slow uh, walk together through the Lord's Prayer, right? Which is the prayer that Jesus taught his followers in uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And last week we actually started working our way through the prayer. And we started with that first line, Our Father in Heaven. And this week we're going to take a deeper look at the following bit of that prayer that just simply says, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Now, honestly, this is part of the prayer that I haven't always really known, like, what to do with. It's a, it's a part that I've been tempted to sort of skip at times or just rush through. Uh, I don't think I've wholly understood what hallowed meant at all times, right? And I just figured it was just a good place maybe to say some extra words of praise, say some good things about God, some words of adoration. And if I'm really honest with you, sometimes that, that felt a little forced, that has felt a little forced. Um, it could feel like I was just trying to remember good words about God for maybe worship songs that we sing or something, and then just like go through the motions of saying them, uh, and just tossing them up to God somehow. And, and that didn't always quite feel right, but it also doesn't quite feel right to not say good things about God, right? But I've come to find that this is a super powerful and really shaping moment in the Lord's Prayer. And my hope this morning is that the Spirit will give you some like good news to sort of hang on these words, hallowed be your name, as you pray them. And my hope is that you'll experience the riches that our Father in, he in heaven has for us in this prayer. So right away, let's just answer this question. What does hallowed mean? What does hallowed mean? It just simply means to be revered, to, to be awed at, to be honored as holy. And there's two things that I want us to see this morning. And the first is that hallowing the name of God is actually like our natural response to becoming aware of God's presence. And second is that when God's name is hallowed, we live in righteous relationship to him. We live in righteous relationship with others. We live in right relationship with all of his creation. And hallowing our Father's name will be what we are doing together for eternity. So we're going to start with this idea that hallowing the name of God or revering and honoring and, and just being in awe of God's name, we're going to start with that is our natural response to becoming aware of our Father's presence. Now there's many examples in Scripture of people being confronted with the presence of the Lord. One of my favorites is in Isaiah 6, 1 through 7, so I'm going to read this for us. It says this, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, that's Isaiah, saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. He was high and lifted up, 
and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim, each had six wings, and with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his uh, feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. For I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Essentially, Isaiah is encountered by the reality of God and his presence. And he all at once realizes who God is, and he all at once realizes his own condition before the Lord. And he cries out, woe is me, I'm unclean, I'm undone. But then we also see that the Lord restores him at once. Ezekiel had a similar experience He uses a lot of complicated imagery to try to describe uh, his experience in Ezekiel 1, so I'm not going to read that whole thing, but just listen to what he says about how he responds to meeting the Lord. Ezekiel 1.28, he says, And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. I fell on my face. And then, of course, it goes on to say that the Spirit lifted him up, lifted him up from his feet. And then in Revelation 1.17-18, John Uh, has a similar experience as well. And he says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. These are just a few examples. We could go on and on and on of how people reacted to encountering the presence of the Lord in Scripture. And of course, Scripture also says that this will happen to each and every one of us, right? Isaiah 45, 23 Every knee shall bow, and every tongue will swear allegiance, or every tongue will confess that he is Lord. All those examples are just to help us see. Hallowing the name of God is, and it always will be, our natural response to becoming aware of his presence. Dallas Willard says that when the Bible talks about a name, as in, hallowed be your name, it's talking about a reality. So, for example, like if you consider the Great Commission, with, which most of us are probably pretty familiar with, and it's instruction to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If we understand this fully, we understand that we're not just baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, like in word only, right? We're we're baptized, we're immersed in the present reality of our Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When Scripture talks about name, it's talking about the reality of. So to hallow the name of our Father is to hallow, is to revere, is to be in awe at the reality of our Father and His ever-dwelling presence with us. And so it is that when we're made aware of the reality of our Father and of the reality of His presence with us, uh, 
that we naturally respond with awe and reverence and praise and honor. And what we see with Isaiah and Ezekiel and John and in this future of every knee bowed and every tongue confessing is that when humans encounter the reality of who God is and his presence, our natural response is worship. And worship is hallowing. It's an act of hallowing, recognizing like the complete otherness, the complete holiness, the greatness of God, and then acting and positioning ourselves accordingly in his presence. Hallowing the name of God is our natural response to becoming aware of our Father's presence. And so the second thing that we should see is that when God's name is hallowed, we live in right relationship with him and with one another and with all of his creation. That's to say, when when we are truly aware of the reality of our Father in heaven, which we just prayed at the beginning of this prayer, and when we are truly aware of that and his presence with us, we naturally respond with worshipful obedience. In other words, when we know God is around, we act right, right? When we know God is around, we act right. You probably already get this truth and how this works, just judging by how our other relationships work. You might remember, like, maybe back when you were a a kid, how you acted when your parents weren't around as opposed to when they were around. You might even have some good stories to tell. As a parent, maybe you've witnessed your kid's behavior when they think you're not watching, but you're actually, like, spying on them in the baby monitor that's in their room. And this isn't just a a parent-kid thing either, Uh, How does the class act when the teacher steps out of the room? And it's not just a kid thing either, right? Like, how do you act when the boss is around versus when you know he or she is out of the office? Some people act one way around pastors and another way when they're not around. Shame on them. But in much the same way, when we're unaware of our Father's presence, when we don't know that he's around, we naturally rebel and we pursue like all kinds of self-destructive activity. But when we're aware of his presence, we live differently. I'm not talking about putting on a, the metaphor or the, 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 the looking back at our boss and things like that. That doesn't work here. I'm not talking about like putting on good behavior because the boss walked back in unexpectedly. Like this is different because being confronted with the reality of our Father in heaven is not being confronted by our boss and all their flaws. It's being confronted with all that's good and all that's just and all that's beautiful and all that's right like all at once and there's nothing to despise in him and when you know him and when you know his presence you only want and you only desire to live in a way that pleases him because it's life-giving for us so our natural response to the reality of his presence is to live in a way that acknowledges and honors him at all times and in everything we do it's Worshipful obedience, but it's also life and it's freedom for us. Like, just think, in his presence, when you know and are aware of his presence, like, I don't have to hide what I did when he wasn't around because now I know that he's ever-present. He was never gone. And also, I know that he is so gracious with me. 
So much so that Jesus has already made a way for me to stand in front of him rather than fall down and die. Like he lifted Isaiah and Ezekiel up from the ground long before Jesus' work was finished on their behalf. And you and I, we live knowing the work is already complete. So I can be honest at all times. And I just find that so freeing. In his presence, I can live completely satisfied because I know that he's the creator of all things and he provides everything. He can and he will provide all that I need. And he knows better than I do what my needs are and he's provided not only what I need for today, he's provided what I need for all of eternity already. It's already done. What could I want for in his presence? And in his presence, I know these truths. In his presence, I can serve others. I can consider them above myself and I can pour myself out for them because I know who gives me life everlasting that I can give away. In his presence, it then gives me great joy to serve and love others like he does. And in his presence, I can show compassion and I can show kindness and I can be patient and I can bear with others and I can forgive as I have been forgiven. You see, when we know our Father in heaven and when we know that he is present with us, we treat others the way that he would treat them. And we care for his creation the way that he cares for his creation. And what I really want us to get, uh, to get is that this is what hallowing the name of our Father really looks like. And hallowing our Father's name will be what we are doing together for eternity. Like, maybe it's just me, but, but sometimes I've heard the word hallowed and just naturally sort of associated it with moments of expected reverence, right? It's like a modern-day moment uh, that we consider holy ground, where we, like, like Moses, are supposed to sort of take off our shoes and be reverent. So, so hallowed, to me, has meant stuff like that we do in church services. It, it's meant getting serious about offering praise and worship to my God. And certainly we have that picture in Revelation 5 where, where all creation is singing praises to God. And I believe there's going to be singing like we can't even begin to fathom in heaven. But heaven isn't just singing. Listen to this. I want to read a passage from Revelation 21, 3 through 8. It says, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And he would dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away te every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and will be his, I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, Faithful, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second 
death. Look, this is the all things made new eternity that awaits us. And what we find is that all the self-destructive and rebellious activity that goes on when we're unaware of God's presence, it doesn't exist anymore there. We won't act cowardly towards one another there. We won't kill each other. Sexual immorality won't plague us. And all the detestable acts that we do when we think that nobody is looking, those things won't go on. Therefore, we won't have a cause for tears and there will be no more death and there will be no more pain and dying and suffering because our Father's presence will be fully known to us at all times and forever. And the reality of who our Father is and His ever-dwelling presence with us will cause us to hallow Him, to revere Him, and to honor Him with our entire being and existence. Hallowing the name of God is our natural response to becoming aware of His presence, and we will be fully aware of His ever-dwelling presence for eternity. When God's name is hallowed, we live in righteous relationship with each other and right relationship with him and right relationship with all of his creation. This is the hallowing of our Father's name that we will be doing together for eternity. And so maybe, like, like me, you've not always known what to do with this part of the prayer other than maybe trying your best to muster up some words of praise and adoration so my hope is for us is to see that hallowed be your name is both a moment of praise and it's a prayer. It's a moment of praise. Like last week we talked about the first line of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father in Heaven. And if we've just prayed that first line of the prayer, we have just spoken out loud this incredible truth that we are God's children and our Father is the God of heaven, that he is present with us and that his presence is heavenly. You may remember the quote that I read from J.I. Packer. He was encouraging us to pray, our Father in heaven, and then let your thoughts move to and fro like an accelerating pendulum taking even wider swings, saying, he is my Father and he is God in heaven. He's God in heaven and he's my Father. And it's beyond belief, but let it grasp you and then tell God what you feel about it. That's what J.I. Packer wrote. And, and I'm saying, our Father in heaven, and then we say, hallowed be your name. And this is telling God what you feel. This is the, the moment of praise that flows from realizing the heavenly presence of our Father. It's an outpouring of how uh, becoming aware of his presence makes us feel. So we can say, you are God in heaven, which means you are great and you are mighty beyond comprehension. You are my Father. And you are good and you are loving and you are kind. And you are just in all your ways and you are gracious beyond imagination. And that I'm even alive in your presence is a miracle. That I'm called your child is a reality. That's, that's just too great for me to take in. So how would, how would be your name? I'm in awe of you. All praise, glory, and honor to you, our Father. 
It's a moment of praise, like spoken or sung directly to our Heavenly Father. But it's also a prayer. And the prayer says, hallowed be your name. Not hallowed is your name. Right? So, so it's an acknowledgement that he is not yet hallowed. He is not yet hallowed. That the reality of him and his ever-dwelling presence with us is not yet known far and wide. If it were, then everything would be different. Because when God's name is hallowed everywhere, the reality of heaven will be realized on earth. So this is a prayer that it actually becomes reality. That, this, that his name will be hallowed. It's a prayer that everyone everywhere uh, would become aware of the reality of the presence of our Father who is in heaven. And that everyone everywhere would live in the awareness at all times of who he is and his ever-dwelling presence with us. And listen, it's a prayer that we know will be answered. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We know this prayer will be answered, but it's also a prayer that all things will really be made known, that it will really come. It's a prayer that leads naturally into the next part of the prayer that we'll get into next week. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this praise and prayer then acknowledges both the truth of who God is and the present condition of the world. And even the condition of ourselves. Because we often live unaware of his ever-dwelling presence with us. But wouldn't everything change if we were just aware that he was here with us? And so wrapping up, what I want to encourage you in this week is to let this brief moment of both praise and prayer uh, be a practice for you as you spend time praying the Lord's Prayer. And by practice, I mean, like, let this brief moment of hallowed be your name be a place like that's set aside for you to practice your awareness of his presence. As these words like leave your lips, may they remind you that he is God in heaven and that he is our father and that he's present and that he's with you at all times and even in that moment of prayer and that he's here right now with you. So use that prayer, those four words, how would be your name? There's a practice of staying aware of his presence so that you're aware of his presence in every moment. Perhaps the Spirit will use this moment of practice through praise and prayer to lead you into an ever-increasing awareness and therefore an ever-increasing lifestyle of hallowing his name, of worshiping God with all of your life. And therefore, even in, through, in and through your own life and experience, perhaps you'll see the prayer of hallowed be your name, be answered. And what if, even just among us here at Redemption Church, what if we increased in our constant awareness of his presence and like learned to hallow the name of God in all that we do and at all times? We can only imagine. Come Lord Jesus. Over these several weeks, we're going to close Sorry. Over these several weeks, uh, we're going to close by, by praying this Lord's Prayer together. So if you're willing and able, I invite you to stand up with me. 
and we're going to pray through this. I'm going to pray it one line at a time, and then I want you to pray that same line together aloud. And I'm going to give us a moment between each line just to give us some time to consider the words that we're saying, that we're all invited into the presence of the Lord. Let's, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. but deliver us from evil. Amen. You can be seated. We're going to move into a time of response as we do each week. We're going to do a few things. I'll invite the band to come, and they're going to lead us in a time of worship, praise, and adoration to our Father. So we're going to sing together, and we're going to come, and we can come down this middle aisle, and we'll take... You can take the bread and you can dip it in the wine or the juice. We also have these cups that you can take. It has juice with a bread on top if you prefer to go that way. And as we come, we are remembering Jesus. We are remembering that he is who he says he is, that he is our Lord and Savior. We're remembering that he is present with us, his, his body his blood shed for us, given for us. It's a reminder that he is with us, that this truth that we've been saying, that he is present with us, is present with us, is true. So we remember that. We are proclaiming it to one another. Jesus is Lord. Jesus has made a way for us to be called children of God and for us to be a family. It's just a reminder of all that we are walking in in this truth because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. So if you're a follower of Christ, we invite you to come and to remember and to proclaim Jesus together by taking the bread and dipping it in the wine or the juice and, 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 uh, and just making this truth known. As you come, you can also uh, give. There are baskets on each side here where you can give your tithes and offerings. Um, if you give electronically, that's fine also. Just Whatever you do, take a moment to remember God our provider. Remember that that's slipping out of your account. Remember as you put it in the plate and and make that offering back to him. I'm going to pray for us and we'll move into this time.
Our Father, we know that you are with us. We know that you are present with us at all times and that your presence is heavenly, that you are just, that you are good, that you are kind, that you are loving, that you are gentle, you are gracious, you are merciful, you are steadfast and faithful at all times and in every way. You're just more than we can say. And it's all proven true. It's not just stuff that we read in a book. It's all proven true in Jesus Christ who came and modeled all. All of that in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his present lordship, in his giving us of the Holy Spirit so that we might know you, that we might know these truths, that our heart might be awakened to behold your great love towards us. God, I pray for us at Redemption Church. Just make us more aware, increase our awareness that you are with us, that you've moved mountains and valleys to be with us, and that you, you're never letting go, you're never going anywhere, you're here. Let us live in that constant awareness of who we are with. Hallowed be your name. May the whole world awe at who you are. May the whole world honor you. May the whole world revere you. May you receive all the glory and praise from everywhere, from every tongue, from every people, from every tribe, nation, all of creation. And may we live in a heavenly way with each other. May heaven come, be hallowed everywhere things are made new.